This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. is the bonfire on the blaze radio network yes 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 everybody welcome to the bonfire podcast thank you very much for tuning in to the entertainment and culture podcast here on blaze radio where we discuss the important things like i say on almost every podcast movies food travel everything happening in the culture the apolitical things and before I get started with today's episode, let me just remind you that there is now a second video up on Bonfire's Facebook page, and it has to do with yet another travel story, this time from The Telegraph. So if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to go check it out, and it's about the top 10 most livable cities in the world. So there you go. Good, interesting information like that, where yes, there was an article, but I decided to make it into a cute little three-minute video. So it's just for kicks and giggles. It's funny. I tried to make it funny. So there you have it. A little bit of a wee bit of entertainment there for you. But now we have to get to the serious stuff first at the top of the show. Obviously, here in Dallas, we had a tragic situation about a week ago. By the time this podcast is released, it would be about eight days, nine days, since uh, an assassin decided to shoot several police officers. And citizens, anybody who was in the way. And unfortunately, he managed to kill five police officers in cold blood, injuring several others. And at the time of this podcast, the reason would be Micah Johnson, I believe is his name, a black man who served in the military and who his parents never knew he was so upset with white people. Now, I say that because that's what he told the Dallas police as they cornered him, saying, hey, I'm doing this because I'm upset with white people. They deserve this. So, was he alone? Yes, it seems that the investigation, which is still ongoing at the time of this recording, that he was alone. And he decided, yeah, this is a good idea to kill my fellow, my fellow man in cold blood for what he deemed justice. So obviously a very disturbing and sad situation. And it really does ring true that when something that surreal and disturbing happens in your own city, you take it a little bit more, a little harder than when it happens in other places. And that is absolutely not to trivialize or minimalize what has happened in Orlando, New York, Baltimore, L.A., anywhere else where there is a great tragic loss of life. Oklahoma City. So, but it means something more to the individuals who call that their city. And yeah, so it never happened to us before here in Dallas. And I pray to God it never happens again. Because there are, Lord knows, a million ways we could all tear each other apart. Kind of sort of one of the reasons why I wanted to do the Bonfire Podcast, finding ways that we could come together. That is not a cheesy cliche, that is something that I do believe. 
I could find all sorts of political and theological differences with someone, but I could say, hey, let's you and I go grab a beer and let's talk about music. Let's talk about food and travel and the places you know you and I would like to see in this world. That could be done. Friendships could be formed off of things like that. Things that a lot of people would say, oh, that's nothing, Andrew. That's not important. That's trash. What are you doing? You're a, that's a waste of your time. You're an idiot. And I say, really? What are you doing to try to make friends, get along with others, even though you disagree with them? And yes, you absolutely stand by your principles. You don't drop those. But you don't have to be a jackass about it either and make the situation worse by turning more hate into the situation. And then you just further divide everybody. And nobody wins. And then things like this can happen. One idiot cracks but then everybody suffers. I would say that's what happens most of the time, is it only takes one or a handful of evil people to do something stupid, to do something evil. And the rest either watch or they are the victims. It is rarely an entire nation that is evil, that murders, that rapes, that steals. It's usually those at the top. You know, those in charge, I'm saying. (laughs) I'm not saying rich people, no. Don't get me wrong. Yes, there are stupid rich people and evil rich people, but there are also evil poor people. Stupid poor people. Stupid average people. Evil average people. They're everywhere. That's my point. There are bad apples in every group. Whatever label you want to give yourself, you got people in your quote-unquote group that are idiots can't be avoided it's called the real world we do what we can to avoid those tragic situations and have as much control to avoid devastating evil but sometimes you just can't stop everything i think that's unrealistic for anybody to expect yes we can have such a system in place that we will always be able to stop any injustice come on It's just not going to happen. I think that's realistic. You still fight. You absolutely fight. Fight to keep it from happening again. So you don't just give up, but you don't just keep plugging along blindly, thinking you can reach perfection. It ain't going to happen. So with that in mind, one lone idiot thinking it's a good idea to murder five people and attempted a couple dozen people There was a story that I found that is kind of along these lines of cops. You know, how are we supposed to conduct ourselves around cops? And how are the cops supposed to conduct themselves around us? They are not machines. You know, they're not robots. They're fellow human beings. And they're doing their job. Like I said, with the bad apples, of course there are stupid cops. But just like you can't generalize an entire group of people saying every cop is evil, or saying everybody associated with Black Lives Matter is evil and selfish and stupid. It's not the case. So to generalize and group people as if they were all exactly the same. Nope. That's not how it works. So we need to have this understanding, hey, respect the cop 
And if, of course, the cop does something he's not supposed to be doing, then, yeah, you report it. You get him fired. You do what you got to do to make sure he never does that again. But you can't go into the situation assuming every cop is out to get you. And you can't go into the situation assuming every citizen is going to shoot the cop or try to run away. This is coming from me, who I've been pulled over about ten times in my life. Why? I've written before, <laughs> written this before on bonfirethoughts.com. It was about, you know, what ten traffic tickets will do to you. I believe that's what I called it. And yeah, it was all for speeding, although I did get one for running a stop sign. Yeah, running a stop sign. I've gotten pulled over a lot. But what did I do? I tried to stay calm. My adrenaline was running the first time I got pulled over. Hell, it still runs when I get pulled over. And it sucks. Because I know, damn it, here comes another fine I'm going to have to pay from somewhere in my bank account. Maybe I can get off of it. Probably not. This guy's probably going to give me the ticket. And it's going to go on my record. This sucks. And I'm still nervous because it's a cop. He's a well-trained professional. If I make the wrong move or say something to offend him, then, you know, I'm the idiot. It would be my fault, and I know that. So I watch what I say. I say, yes, sir, and I make slow movements. Um, if he asks for my license and registration, I, you know, I lean in such a way that he sees everything that I'm doing. I try to cooperate because I understand, hey, he's in control. If we just understand, hey, the cop is in control, then I think we can actually avoid any kind of situation where people wonder, hmm, was that guy shot because he was black, or was it an accident, or what happened there? Okay. The statistics show most people who are shot are armed. Of the few that are not armed, a majority of those are justified. They are investigated, and they find out, hey, yeah, the cop was justified in shooting because there was a threat to his life. It's called self-defense. And then they move on, and people don't complain. So assuming, whenever we see these stories of, Another person shot, and particularly, another black person shot by a cop. You think, okay, this must be a pandemic. No, it's not. It really isn't. If we can just stick with the truth, we would know cops are not out to shoot black people. They're not out to shoot anybody. If you try to hurt them, then they have every right to shoot you in the face. Okay? That's called common sense. At least I think it is. I don't know why we all can't agree with that. So anyway, this could go on for a long rant, but I'm going to get right to it. So, Cafe Anderson, he is a country music star. He's in his uh, 30s, I believe he's 38 years old. There was a story on the Daily Mail that I found, and he decided to do a little uh, Facebook video telling all of his fans uh, online, saying, look, here's what you do when a cop pulls you over. I watched the whole video, and it made complete and total sense, 100%. I'm going to play a portion of it, and then I'm going to get into why, for some reason, people had issues with what Cafe had to say. So let's jump right into it. One of the first things that I do whenever I got pulled over, I wanted to make sure that my car was completely turned off. The radio is all the way down, that I'm facing forward. Both of my hands are here with my fingers out. With my fingers out. Get your wallet, please. I'm reaching for my wallet. Great. 
this awesome actor here, Pat, uh, Patrick. As the cop is approaching, you have to realize he doesn't know what's coming. Follow me, Kenny. As he's walking up to the car, if he's able to see both of your hands, that's safer for him. What it does, it takes his adrenaline down because he knows that as he surveys to see if there's multiple people in the car, there's one person, both hands are here, his safety is already in better hands than what it was. Do not sit on your wallet. Do not sit on your wallet. Number one, do not sit. You want to have your wallet either in the side of your door, cup holder, or at the front of your dash. You have to have your ID pulled out before the cop gets there. Because if you're reaching down as he walks up, you could be pulling a weapon, which is going to compromise his safety, which is going to make his adrenaline go up. Listen to what I'm saying. If you already have your ID on the dash, you have your hands here. As the policeman walks up, he's going to have a view here, license and registration. Patrick is going to say my license and my and my registration or my CHL, concealed handgun license, is on my dash. I am reaching for it. Patrick, slow and steady, reach for your license. My license is on my dash and so is my registration. It's here. There. And I Other hand on the wheel, fingers out. Done. And that's how you hand it over. Because at the end of the day, the policeman wants to go home safely. We want to get home safely. Even if the cop is having a bad day, you have to go home. You got to make it home. All right. Tell me what could possibly be wrong with anything he just said. I'll just I'll answer that for you right now. Not a damn thing. He was telling you, look, the cop doesn't know who you are. He's coming up behind you. He watches the news, too. He knows that situations have, have unfolded before where the cops were ambushed. Because somebody just did not want to be pulled over. So they know they are potentially walking into a life and death situation. Many of them have families. And they're worried. Hmm, could this be my last pull? Could this be my last ride? I could die right now. You know that's what's going on in their mind. So all the cafe does here is say, look, here are some suggestions. Here's what I do. Maybe y'all should tag along. Do what I do. Turn off the car. Turn off the radio, have your ID out, and keep your hands on the wheel. Some people, and of course there's always idiots online, one in particular I want to point out, says this. Why should black people have to have certain rules to follow when we get pulled over? The video is cool only if you're accepting the racial profiling aspect of police and black issues. We shouldn't have to fear for our lives because of a traffic stop. There's no white rules for getting pulled over. What the bloody hell are you talking about? Cafe didn't say anything about, This video is for blacks only. If you're black like me, follow this advice. Bull. I was about to swear up a storm there. He didn't say that. He just said, look, y'all, the general plural... Applying to every human being who happened to watch it. Here's what you should do. You, sir, are the racist for assuming that Kafe was talking only to black people in this video. That shows us that your mindset is a very racial one. Thinking in terms of only black people. Okay? Let's get that right off the back. Number two. It is common sense that what Kafe is suggesting here. You turn off the car, then the cop knows, hey, this dude is not just about to pull out and I have to go into a high-speed chase and he's going to cause problems and then uh, threaten the lives of other people out there on the road as he tries to get away from me. Turning off the car lets him know, okay, this guy has no, no plan to get away. 
Because who in his right mind would turn off the car and then think to himself, hmm, I need to make a quick getaway. Hey, officer, hey, let me just turn on my car real quick. Okay, okay, now get back in the car, goodbye! He's not going to do that. Turning off the car gives a great impression where he's like, okay, maybe this guy has his head on straight. Turning down the radio so he knows, okay, I don't hear any loud noises. He's not trying to mask anything. Or and he's actually understanding, hey, I need to communicate with this driver. He knows he's being pulled over. Thank you, sir, for turning down the radio and being courteous enough so we can talk. Number three, having your ID, and if you have one, a CHL, out there on the dash already. That's called planning ahead. That's called, hey, I know he's going to ask for it, and your registration. I know he's going to ask for these things, so I might as well just do it now while he's getting out of his car. Pop these bad boys right up on the dashboard in case they are in my back pocket, where it would look terrible for me to say, hey, officer, let me get you my stuff right here, and then reach back where he can't see where your hand is going. Of course, He's in his, the cop is in his right mind, and he's totally reasonable to say, Sir, watch yourself. What are you doing? I didn't tell you to reach for anything. The cop may ask you to get out of the car so he can see everything that you're doing and maybe even reach into your pocket himself, okay? You want to avoid all that? Here's what you do. When you're being pulled over, hell, while you're still driving, you can be like, let me fidget this uh, wallet out of my back pocket here, and then let me put it in my lap, and then right when I park the car off on the side of the road, I'm going to get my ID out, my registration real quick, I'm going to pop that on the dashboard, and then I'm going to put my hands on the wheel, there's nothing left for me to get. Because the cop is only going to ask, hey, let me see your license, let me see that you're registered in the state, you got your insurance for this car, because it's illegal to have it without it, he's going to ask for those things. So you get them already ready then there's no possibility that he would just whip out his gun and shoot you. That doesn't happen. Cops don't just take out their guns and say, Oh, I can't wait to blow your head off! Bull. He wants to go home. Like Kafe said, the cop has a freaking family of his own. He wants to say, All right, sir, look, I clocked you at like 100 miles an hour, and this is 60 miles an hour. Look, here's your ticket. Please don't do it again. You could threaten people's lives, and of course your own if you screwed up. So look, here's $100 ticket. Learn from this. Don't do it again. Okay, now I'm going home. He wants to go home. He wants to go about his day. Anybody in their right mind would know that if they just shot someone and things got escalated like that, their life is pretty much over. They're going to be dragged into court. They're gonna, their name is going to be plastered all over the media. Never going get to get a job again. Come on. So yeah, obviously, getting the ID out. And then number four, keeping your hands on the wheel at all times. That way he sees, hey, your hands. You can't do jack squat without your hands. You're not going to take your foot out of your boot and then shoot someone with your gun. It's your hands. So when they're on the wheel and the cop sees that, it's one of the first things he sees as he's coming around the corner of your car. He'll say, okay, cool. Car is off. I see his hands. I don't hear any music. Sir, roll down your window. Okay, he seems calm. Music, there's no loud noises. His hands are on the wheel. Oh, sir, can I see your license? Oh, they're right there on the dashboard. All right, sir, if you want to... Hand those over to me, and you stay calm. You reach over with one hand, slowly and calmly, and say, here you go, sir. Always say, you always say, sir, they are in control. You've got to let them. If you do that, it just is so much easier. You don't fight it. That's how people get killed. Either you or the cop. Why the hell did, would anybody want that, unless you're a freak? Like Micah, who decided to kill some cops. He's a cop killer. So there you have it. Some advice that still some people found an issue with. You dirty whores. What is your problem? He's saying, here's some common sense advice. 
And some people say, how dare you? Black people shouldn't have to do this. You're making a big assumption that it's always the driver's fault and never the cop. He never said a damn thing like that. You're making some big-ass assumptions. When you think, hey, Kafe is saying it's always the driver's fault. This only applies to black people. Where are the white rules? BS. Oh, man. So there you go. After all, you did come to Bonfire for entertainment. Maybe some lighthearted news. Some happy news. And of course, every now and then, I do have to do this. Especially when it happened in my own city. So there you have it. The important news of the day. Absolutely. But coming up for the rest of the show, I'm happy to say I have an update on Arrested Development, <laughs> like I teased in the, the previous podcast. Another uh, Hollywood-related story, something I'm looking forward to. And then something that has more or less recently hit the, uh, hit the app store. And everybody's losing their minds over it. And I may or may not be a part of that crowd. I don't know. I'll let you guys know. Coming up next. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network on demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. In case anybody was off the internet for the past week or so, week and a half, let me fill you in. There is something called Pokemon Go <laughs> on the App Store. Oh, geez. This is um, obviously Pokemon, the little pocket monsters, as it is known in some circles, that we are all very familiar with ate up the 1990s and a little bit of the 2000s, I guess. I would say, seemingly, it kind of dissipated into um, obscurity and oblivion for the past several years of the uh, 2010s. I think that's what it's called. 2010s, yeah. At least that's my experience. I liked it when I was in middle school, and then I grew out of it. I just kind of stopped. Now, uh, Nintendo thought it was a good idea to make an app. And when I describe it, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting idea. It's a pretty good idea. But there are also some downsides, of course. Number one, it is an augmented reality game. What does that mean? That means it's not like your typical game where you're just clicking on the screen and watching what's on the screen. The game tells you, look, if you're familiar with Pokemon, you need to go catch them all. <laughs> gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Um, you gotta go catch these poke- Pokemon. You throw a little Pokeball at it, you capture it, it goes inside a little ball, and yeah, that's, it's your monster that you can then go battle other monsters with, and that's the whole shtick. The game uses your GPS, and it says, look, walk over there. Oh my gosh, there's a Pokemon. Oh, go over there. Oh my gosh, there's another one. Except it's not just the GPS, and then you know, you're clicking on your screen, little buttons, and ooh, you captured one. No, it tells you, may we have access to your camera? And of course you go, oh, okay... I'm not sure what for, but why not? Let's see what happens. The camera turns on, on your phone, and then next thing you know, you're kind of looking around the real world with your camera. 
But as you're kind of scrolling around, all of a sudden you see this little cartoon character right there, and you're like, what the hell is this? That's a little Pokemon here in the world. So yeah, it's it's cheesy. But your phone, as it's scanning the real world, as if it were, you know, you're just taking a picture, the game will insert a little Pokemon in that real world, you know, that you're seeing through the camera. That is the main attraction, I think, of this game, is that you see, as you're walking around the real world, animated Pokemon will show up on your phone, and then it'll say, hey, there's a Pokemon nearby. And then you take out your phone, open up the camera, and you start to look around with your camera, and then you see it, then you throw a little Pokeball at it and capture it and move on. Then, of course, you take all those, and you make them to these arenas, and then you battle other Pokemon, and I'm sure you battle other players, that whole thing. So, it's not just one of those social games where you're like, hey, uh, Bob48000 has challenged you. No, it's go around and wander the real world and capture some Pokemon. So it's a fun idea. I'm not a huge Pokemon fan, but I downloaded it because I wanted to check it out. I had a friend who said, oh my gosh, this is the best thing. Let, let's, let's give it a shot. I said, okay, why not? So I still have it, and I, I turn it on a few times a day just for kicks and giggles. And, yeah, I'm not very good at it. But I like the idea, this augmented reality of starting to kind of implement the game into the real world. Of course, I mean, I talked about that on a previous podcast, you know, VR and all that. The good and the bad associated with it. Something I noticed, though, was there, you know, there's an article on The Verge saying (laughs) you can pay up to $100, like real money. You can pay up to $100 for Pokeballs and Pokecoins. So it's it's a free app you can download it, but what they make their money off of is, you know, you can upgrade your Pokemon and you know level up your character who like owns all the Pokemon, do all sorts of crap. But you need coins and eggs and modules and bag upgrades, all these just random things. Just like any game nowadays has reasons to upgrade and advance and level up, except there are shortcuts and it's called just paying for it. But who would spend a hundred bucks on a little video game like this on your on your phone? You know that just shows the kind of problems that some people have on these kinds of games that they they're for free. But as you're playing it, and some do get addicted, they think to themselves, hmm, "I'll just spend five bucks here, and I'll buy me a couple coins, and I'll be able to get this." And then they find, "Hey, that was fun, and oh, this really advanced. Maybe I'll do it again." They spend five bucks here, five bucks there. Next thing they know, they say, "Whoa, I just spent a hundred freaking dollars on this game. What am I doing?" Yeah, so that's how they make their money. The article, though, was making a joke saying, Pokemon Go lets lazy people buy up to $100 worth of Pokecoins for when you don't want to go outside. So like I said, part of the the game is it encourages you to walk around the real world because that's how you'll actually go out and find these Pokemon. That's part of the allure of this uh, little app. The article here is making the joke, hey, for those of you who don't even want to walk around and you still want to be your lazy ass... You could spend a little bit of money just like in any other uh, app, any other video game. Now, there's two things with that. I wanted to talk about the app because I thought it was interesting. And that's blowing up. It is immensely popular right now, which is really funny. But on top of that, the idea of laziness. I think I have a great illustration of that laziness. And I wouldn't say... It's American laziness so much as possibly just today's world all over. You know, there are lots of lazy people. Something I think illustrates that was I went to the grocery store the other day, 
And I'm walking out with my groceries. I only got a couple things. So I only have two, I have two bags in my hand. And I'm walking out to my car. All I notice is this couple emptying their uh, basket, you know, the push cart, into their car. And the cart, you know, I don't know what it's called. Where you put the carts, okay? So you don't have to walk all the way back to the uh, grocery store and put them inside. Although some people, even if they aren't out there, they just leave the carts out in the uh, parking garage. Now, those are called idiots and morons and selfish and lazy. But you can understand maybe a little bit saying, okay, if you parked way out there in the parking garage, uh, parking lot and for whatever reason there aren't little stations where you can leave your carts, you're just feeling like, I don't want to walk all the way back to the uh, building there. So I'm just going to leave it right here in this empty space. Okay, I can scrape just enough sympathy for that kind of person to think, okay, I've had those days too where I don't want to walk all the way back to that building, but come on, first world problems. The bigger issue here was there was that little station, I would say max 15, 20 feet from their car. So it was like a parking space or two over. And it was full. Uh, It must have been one of the employees who put all the carts there so he could easily collect them. But the, the dude saw that it was full, but didn't even attempt to, you know, put the cart behind the other one. And, you know, they all slide together nicely. They all fit. That's how they were designed so they can fit, you know, dozens and dozens of carts into such a small area. You push them together like that. He didn't even try to do that. So as I walked by, I was thinking, is this really full? And no, it wasn't. None of the carts were pushed together at all. So they're taking up more space than they should have. So it filled up the station more than it should have. And the dude kind of saw that, kind of glanced, I'm sure, and thought, eh, whatever. And just left the cart next to the station and then got in his car and drove off with his girl. I saw that and thought to myself, okay, first problem, you didn't even try. Two, how the hell difficult would it have been for you to just walk five more feet around that little corner and then push the couple carts that were there together and then be able to push yours in into the station and then it's nowhere where it could just roll away. And it's not in the middle of the parking lot, okay? But the bigger, the massive point, point number three, was there was another station. You know, and it was like, uh, not catty-cornered, but it was right next to the other station that was full. And you could say maybe it was 20, 30 feet away. That one was completely empty. He didn't walk to that one to put the cart in the little station and over the little the little hump that way the wind doesn't blow the cart into someone's car you know that's why the stations are there this dude didn't even try he didn't even push the carts that were there incorrectly together so that he could add his to it and solve the problem he didn't even walk it to a completely empty joint 30 feet away he just left it on the side of the station and said oh good enough what the hell that is our world that is our society You're that lazy or selfish or stupid that you can't even do something that small? Of course there's no hope in society when people see that kind of thing. I saw that and got depressed. I thought, my God, this is my world that I'm living in. People can't even do that. You realize the kind of problems humanity had and still has, but this idiot couldn't even push his cart into the little station that was added there for his convenience so that he didn't feel obligated to walk it all the way back to the building? Come on. 
you dirty bastard. Oh my gosh. I don't know what to do with this world. When people spend hundreds of dollars on apps to continue playing video games or refuse to walk 30 feet to put a card away where it belongs, you know, thinking of others, something like that. I'm I'm not asking you to volunteer your entire weekend, go on a retreat and serve other people and be their slave, okay? Not even close to that. I'm saying really we don't even we can't even find the people to just walk another 30 feet with an empty cart that weighs 10 pounds and just push it into the empty bin or you were too ignorant too uh oblivious to notice that it was empty does nobody else have situational awareness to look around and be like hmm where else could i put this besides right in front of my face now of course my truck was i don't know 30 50 feet away from this whole scene so I was far enough away, but if I'd parked closer to him and I saw that, I'd be pissed. I'd say, dude, because of your decision to just leave that right there, your little cart, if there was any wind tonight and that blew into my truck, I wouldn't have known who done it. I wouldn't have known if I hadn't come out here. I would have just found a cart banged into the side of my truck because some lazy idiot Wanted to get back to his house so he could go screw around with his video games. Come on. Uh, <laughs> again, I said this was supposed to be a happy show. I, you know, a good podcast to listen to. And here I am, bitching again. But hey, I've got I, these couple rants. I had to get them off my chest. So now, let us, please, ladies and gentlemen, get to the good stuff. The Hollywood stories. Something coming out in this uh, September, I believe. In theaters, something from the the World War II era, something that I love. I'm not a history buff, but I love that whole decade, that whole time, timeline of world history. You know, World War II, yes, that was world history. Everybody was involved, and there are so many stories and so such crazy, so many crazy things that just happened. You think this is so baffling, um, and it was less than a hundred years ago. That 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 ain't ancient history. Okay, we're not talking Greece and Thermopylae and you know Persia. This is just the 1940s. Not that far off. Anywho, there was a movie coming out that highlights one particular story of that amazing decade. When I say amazing, I'm not. I use that word lightly. Of that unbelievable decade, it was unbelievable that humanity could be so evil to itself but also unbelievable that it was able to stand up and kick Hitler's ass, along with Japan's, and put them in their place, where they belong. So yes, crazy decade for humanity. All the evil and all the good that happened at the same time. Alright, enough of a rant. Coming up next, let me tell you about the movie coming out in September called Anthropoid. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is The Bonfire. 
on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, now to the good stuff. Let me jump right into it. It is actually coming out in August, not September, as I previously stated about a minute ago. Based on the extraordinary true story of Operation Anthropoid, the World War II mission to assassinate SS General Reinhard Heydrich, the main architect behind the final solution in the Reich's third in command after Hitler and Himmler. Bunch of H's. Hitler, Himmler, Heydrich. All idiots. Absolutely. Needless to say, I think the movie looks fantastic. I'm going to play the trailer right here, and then I will discuss briefly on the other side. Hello. Hello. Please sit down. You are the most beautiful women in the room, but you fail to understand this. this is not a night off for us. Take a look around. This is not some game. You get noticed, and that gets us noticed. And us being noticed gets us all shot. What is your mission? Operation Anthropoid. What is Anthropoid? We are here to assassinate Reinhard Heydrich. He's executed thousands. Only Hitler is above him in the Nazi hierarchy. Are you completely mad? You kill Heydrich, and Hitler will tear Prague apart. The question we have to ask ourselves is this. Is our country ready and willing to resist Nazi Germany? Gentlemen, this operation will involve almost everyone we have left in the resistance. I'm Descon. 30 seconds behind. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. If you are arrested, there will be no escape. Carry the cyanide capsules at all times. May God be with you. Maybe it was a mistake not to inform you of the danger. She's very young. Still has romantic ideas about the war. And you? War is not romantic. There's a problem. What's going on? It's your duty to stay alive and continue fighting. If we fail, I fear freedom will be wiped from the map. Resistance has a code name. Coming in August. Yes. That looks absolutely incredible. Something else that I saw that's kind of, um, well, it was Cold War related, and that was Bridge of Spies. That was a great movie. Definitely good. Tom Hanks, always a great actor. So this idea, World War II, Operation Anthropoid, trying to assassinate Heydrich, who, um, yeah, second in command, I guess, in the hierarchy, although Himmler, who was like the advisor to Hitler, it's like, yeah, well, he's kind of second. Everybody knew that if Hitler backed down or anything, that Himmler would be the one to try to take over. And he did, actually, Himmler. Uh, when Hitler was in the bunker into the war in 1945, Himmler did try to take control. He thought, mm, maybe I can squeeze something out here, take control, and try to turn this war around. No. So, anywho, Hitler, Himmler, Heydrich, all evil. Certainly uh, assassination well, assassination attempts on all of them. Multiple on Hitler. 
including Valkyrie. Then that one starred Tom Cruise, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was pretty good. Not bad. This one, I think, looks different insofar as it is in Poland. So, you know, it's not um, Germany. It's not England or France. You know, those are the three, or in Russia, of course. Those are the main countries that people seem to remember or think of when they think of World War II in Japan, you know, the Pacific Islands. But everyone forgets, oh, wait, Poland was one of the first victims, and there was, there was some intense resistance there, too. You know, there wasn't just the French resistance in France. You had resistance all over. And here's a story that I didn't know about, an assassination attempt on the third in command, Heydrich. And the script that we heard in the uh, trailer here, something that I found interesting, was the girl who said that war is not beautiful. You know, um... Damn, I swear, I forgot the word. It's not um, glorious. It's not beautiful. uh, You know what she said. They're making the point, look, there are sorts of movies today that try to glorify war. That yes, even when you're fighting evil, you tend to get kind of wound up in the moment and you want to say, yes, I want to go out and do that. I'm on his side, yes. Good versus evil. But it's it's a movie. You're safe. This movie is... At least with that one-liner, perhaps trying to say, look, there is nothing glorious about this. Nothing dramatic. Nothing good. Nobody wins in war, okay? If you're able to push the enemy out, do you know how many of us have died in order to do that? Do you know how much we have lost if they hadn't even come in in the first place? Yeah, so, it's not fun. It's not a game. Let's not glorify war. It's terrible every time we do it. But here in World War II, there is no more just war than that, I would think. Hitler and Japan thinking, all right, we are going to take over the world. There's nothing, there's nothing more just than to resist those evil empires and fight back and ultimately win it all. So here's a good story, an assassination attempt on those in control, the Nazis, and a one-liner that caught my attention. War is not glorious. It's not beautiful. They don't want it. The Polish didn't want it. But they certainly weren't going to sit back and just let it happen to them either. Oh, and then the other one. The guy who said, look, is our country ready and willing to resist? You realize if you try to kill him, if you succeed, how pissed do you think Hitler is going to be? He will then send perhaps his entire, you know, army back into Poland. And then we'd be really screwed. So are, you're, you could be making the situation worse. You may think that this is going to help, but you could be making it worse. Because maybe no one else here in Poland will fight with you. And it would be literally you, a couple dozen guys versus the army. So they were talking about it. They didn't just say, yeah, we need to kill him, let's do it. And it's a stupid plot. It seems like there would probably be a scene in this movie where they sit there and discuss for a while. Look, should we do this? Yes. Okay, why? Explain yourself. Can we do this? Can, can the country resist if you were to pull this off? If you don't pull it off, can we still resist? You are going to drag others into this fight if you do this. So it's making you think about the needs of others. You know, it's not all about you. It's not all about, oh, I'm going to die in the blazing glory of killing the third in command, and that's it. No, others are going to die if you try, or if you don't try. It's just something I don't really see in a lot of war movies anymore. The only thing that comes to mind is Inglorious Bastards, where you're like, okay, blood and guts, yeah, there it is. Okay, 
Whatever. Um, I still like Saving Private Ryan. Wind Talkers, although that's Vietnam, I believe. Or it's the Korean War. Another one is... Uh, hmm. There was that tank movie, Fury. But I never saw that. I thought that, I still thought that looked pretty good, though. So anyway, there's no shortage of World War II movies, some stories, Anthropoid coming out in August. I'm definitely going to go see it. I'll check it out and see what the movie has to offer. Who knows? It could be good or it could be trash. Bonfire will let you know. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, Arrested Development. The update. Last week I told the audience here how I would try to give Arrested Development a chance. I'd never seen the series before. I'd kind of heard about it, maybe seen a few scenes and thought, eh, whatever. And then I had my friends challenge me to say, hey, you should watch six episodes. Give it six episodes, and by then, you'll be hooked. At least that's what happened to me. So give it a shot. Give it a try. You have to try. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Even though I thought I'd seen the first episode before and thought, eh, I could not care less. I tried again. I said, okay, let's turn it on. I fell asleep. (laughs) I fell asleep during the first episode. Now that, I did not take even as an omen. I just said, okay, fine, let's try it one more time. I am really giving it everything I can. I've never had to do this for a TV show. Either you either you either got my attention or you don't. I think it's already off to a bad start. But I'm going to see it through. I may do more than six. We'll see. We'll see how much patience I have. So yes, I did now for the third time actually make it through the first episode. It was only 20 minutes long, but still, that should tell you something that really, I was that bored in a 20-minute episode. You know, it's like the office length, George Lopez length. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air length, okay? It's not that long. But I saw the first episode and thought, eh, whatever. So I will now be watching the future episodes, two, three, four, five, six, you know, maybe maybe more, and we'll see what happens. So there's the update, though. I have, I have begun, and I don't think it's off to a good start, but I'm trying to put a brave face on, try to remain unbiased, and just watch it as if, you know, this was happening... To me back in the day, I think when it came out in 2001, I'm just going to pretend like, oh, look, this is a brand new show. Let me check it out. What, what is this about? Oh, let me see if it's interesting. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in this week. This was this was a weird episode, definitely. Normally, I like to try to make it more lighthearted. I don't want to go on rants and soapboxes and you know try to be self-righteous. I'm, I really don't want to. But... I do feel, though, if I am on the Blaze Radio, there is something I do have to say. I can't stand by and have fun all the time. There is work that has to be done. And the work being, obey the cops. Okay? You got bad apples everywhere. Not all cops are evil, and not all black people are, you know, felons and criminals that should be shot or something that they think, oh, all cops are wanting to shoot them. No. None of that is true. Okay? If we all just had common sense, and if we all just realized, look, it's not a perfect world, 
let's just try our best and accept that, then maybe we can move on. Maybe, you know, we won't be at each other's throats. And then, of course, lazy people. (laughs) Just the laziness that I witness sometimes. Um, I'm certainly not perfect. There are days that I think I'm not getting off this couch. I really don't want to go into work today. And if I do go into work, I'm going to half-ass it, and then I'm going to go home early, and I'm going to go to bed. I have those days, okay? I do. But I acknowledge it. I feel like some people probably don't. So if you're like me, and you have those lazy days, try to make them rare. Try to make them rare. That's all I ask. That's all I say. And then, of course, the good stuff. We had Anthropoid and a little bit of Arrested Development. The experiment. The Arrested Development experiment. Here on the Bonfire, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like I said, I did another Bonfire video on travel. I encourage you to go check it out. And, you know, give me your thoughts. See, if if you've been to any of these cities, I've been to a couple of them, and I'd love to be able to see all those cities one day. Most livable cities, according to the Mercer Report, by reported, reported by the Telegraph. And... Anything else? Let's see. Uh, yeah, on the main website, bonfirethoughts.com, we are still accepting writers, and we're, we're plugging along. I'm having, uh, there are some changes here at my day job, for the better, for good. And so lots of things are being reorganized, and you know, people are moving around the building. New departments are being kind of set up physically, like saying, okay, you people will be over there. We're going to put you all over there. Let's make this more efficient. Let's start tackling this initiative, and that means you're going to have to be over there. We have to go purchase this equipment in order to make that happen. A lot of stuff is happening here, and it's great. So as that's eating my day, there's only so much bonfire I can do. So rest assured, you're still going to get your weekly bonfire podcast, and I try to write as often as I can, which is definitely pretty rare <laughs> right now. It sucks. I feel bad. You know, one day, I, though, uh, soon, I will be able to jump right back into it and be active um, as, as much as I used to be. In the video, I'm happy about that. I got two videos up now, some bonfire videos, interesting just, you know, vlogs, my personal opinions and quirks that I add to it. That way, instead of reading an article, you can just watch this video, and then there you go. I like those kinds of things. I'd much rather watch a video than read an article, just because it's more entertaining, generally. So there you have it, the the bonfire opinion on videos. This is Andrew Herzog signing out. Adios. Boom. This is the bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.